When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a man more than willing to stare down a bear in the wilderness, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I'm not over the fa- I'm not over the fact there was no book club. <laughs> there was no book club. Poor Jeff. Poor Jeff thought there was a book club, and I can't believe the man thought there was actually a book club in this thing. But hey, you know, to each their own. So, uh, but we're all we're all a little flabbergasted about the fact there was no book club. Uh, but if you're flabbergasted and you have been listening to the show uh, since we started this a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and make us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the uh, our first Showtime television series, Yellow Jackets. If you are a new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help us. You can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it here on the show next time we record. Both of those go a long way in getting the show in the ears of new listeners, and we would so very much appreciate it if you did so. Like I said at the beginning, we are discussing the Showtime show, uh, Yellow Jackets, an interesting show, a show that I, I was not really on my radar uh, until it came close to being over. I, actually, you're the one who put it on my radar. I uh, wasn't really sure what to expect going into it. I heard it was about a girl's soccer team, and it is about a girl's soccer team, but it's about a lot more than just a girl's soccer team. Uh, you actually watched this when it was airing on Showtime week to week. Uh, I watched it uh, about two or three weeks ago when uh, and just kind of binged it over the course of an entire week. What were your thoughts of it going in? What were your expectations going into it and what did, were they like when you came out? So I actually didn't do week to week. Okay, I, did I, it. Did. I, I binged it right when the finale came on. Okay, gotcha. So I, I added Showtime then. Um, man, I just... Compelling. Yeah, it's very compelling. Uh, because I, went, I I did basically the same thing as you did. I, I you saw it right as the finale is coming out. I just saw it all uh, straight. I watched about three or four episodes on Super Bowl Sunday and watched the rest of them over the course of the next week. Uh, but it's really compelling. I kept wanting to watch more of it after each one was over. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I started it on a weekend and we about finished it. <laughs> yeah, I can see why, because it's just that type of a show. I mean, you, you yeah. when you start seeing it, the story is compelling and you want to know more about it. Now, uh, the premise of the show, again, if you're listening and you haven't watched it, thank you for doing that. But I would encourage you to go sign up for Showtime if you have not done so. You get a 30-day free trial if when you sign up for it. So, I mean, you've got 30 days to decide if you want to keep it or not. Uh, but it's a 30-day free trial and... 
if you haven't signed up for it, go do so and watch the show. Then come back and listen to us. But the premise is this girls' soccer team in New Jersey. They win their state championship, and they are taking a trip to find the, to the Nationals when their plane crashes and they're dealing with the fallout. Now, the, what makes this interesting is the fact that we are getting the story of the girls when they were teenagers and 25 years later when they're adults. Uh, so we're getting the fallout from it, even though we don't know exactly what all happened, but we're also getting the story as it took place. Now, let me get a nitpick out of this real quick because the, uh, the second scene you get after the opening scene, the opening scene is powerful. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the second scene you get is the girls playing in their state championship. And I've coached soccer. I coach, actually coached girls soccer about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, but the field that we played on is a good field. I mean, we're, it's, it, you know, it's got grass on it. The field they were playing on was dirt. Okay. <laughs> Let me just I go. Notice <laughs> I noticed. And trust me, it was driving me crazy when I saw this. I'm like, because if you're playing in a state championship, you're probably playing at a neutral site field and yeah. it's going to be a good field. It's not right. going to be just dirt. Okay. So I'm like, Oh, that just drove me crazy. I just have to get that off my chest. And I'm glad that I got it off my chest. Now we can go into praising this show because I'm pretty sure we will. So, uh, the opening scene of this sucker, it is powerful uh, because it sets the tone for what you think the show is going to be or what you don't know it's going to be. What did you think when you first saw that opening scene? I was like, whoa, okay, we're going there. Yeah, we are. And it's... We don't get the whole story because what they did in the, the up, this first episode is so, so incredibly important because this is this show is basically an amalgamation of four different types of shows and films. The first one being Lost because they're stuck in the wilderness. Lost was stuck on an island, so basically about the same thing. Uh, we, there may be some supernatural stuff going on. There may not be. We don't really know at this point. Uh, it's also like Lord of the Flies because at some point these girls are going to break off into tribes. I kind of thought they might do that in this season. They they, they don't really do that so far. Uh, but it's also alive. It's the true that true story of this plane that crashes in the wilderness where they end up having to eat each other. It's not because and they do it a little differently than what these girls are doing. These girls are like kind of hunting each other down. Uh, but in in that story, after somebody died, they end up eating the, eating them just so they could stay alive. And that's the reason the movie's called Alive. And that's based on a true story. And apparently, a lot of that story is what drove them to make this show, from what I understand. And the last one is Mean Girls. <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of high school stuff going on in this one. Uh, I would add one more. What's that? Uh, Misty has a side story that involves misery. Oh, yeah. You, you, you got a good point there. Uh, it's very, very similar to misery. So I, you, you got a good point there. Uh, but yeah, this is just, like I said, that first episode is so important. One, because they reveal, uh, they, they kill this girl. We don't know who this girl is. Uh, this girl is running in the wilderness and she falls in this, this pit. And when the camera goes over, we realize that she's fallen under all these sticks that have these sharp edges and she's been impaled throughout different parts of her body and she's dead. They don't reveal to us what they're what actually is going to happen. I mean, that takes a little bit longer than, you know, all of a sudden, you know, about 10, 15, 20 minutes later, we realize that she's, they've strung this girl up. They've slit her neck. And at that point you're like, Oh, they're bleeding her dry so they can eat her. And that's what they do. They end up eating her. And it's not just eating her. It's like a ritualistic eating. I mean, 
it's creepy. It's really, yeah. really creepy when you watch yeah. it. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to be an interesting ride, to say the least. But the other part of it is they're just they're setting up the high school portion of this. And look, this takes place the 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 past version takes place in 1996. I was a junior in high school in 1996, so I'm I remember all of this very very well. Uh, you know, I was probably. By the time this show was actually taking place, I was probably, you know, right in the midst of Mississippi State making their run to the Final Four. You know, I remember writing a research paper. So, you know, this was really kitten those nostalgic vibes for me. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, you were Oh, probably, absolutely. I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, so you, you were hitting them too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's so much. They, they get that high school part of this really right. Especially the '90s high school part. Yes, they do. They get the music. I mean, the music is such a big part oh, of the show. I mean, incredible. It's, a, it's an absolute. I mean, they they tell the story and they just they tell the mood of this story a lot through the music that they play, uh, and it's just a really important part of it. And it can't be understated enough how how big of an issue of uh, how big of a uh, part that it plays in. <laughs> and then also you add in the fact that. Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis, who right. became famous in the nineties. Yes, they did. And they, they were really hitting that nostalgia with that. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why they, they, they pulled them into the show. And I, one of the reasons why I think they wrote, they wrote characters that those two could play. Cause both Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci are very good actors. They are really talented, but they require certain types of roles to really shine. And they wrote these roles with them in mind. I think, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. At least I think that's what they had to do. But speaking of the cast, let's talk about that cast because the hardest part of this show and the part that they had to get correct from the beginning was the cast. They had to get these guys, they had to get uh, teenage versions of these girls and they had to match them with adult versions of the girls. Uh, so let's talk about each of them. We have Shauna, who has played the adult version by Melanie Linsky. And, you know, she does, she's kind of the central focus point of really both stories but more so as an adult the 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 past version of herself that that spotlight gets shared a little bit more uh by all the girls or would you think do you think that or would you think yeah i definitely think that you know it's more shared between really shauna taisa miss no and um natalie right and, and jackie and Jackie, yes, exactly. And we'll talk about her in just a little bit. But uh, the the teenage version of Shauna is played by Sophie Nalise, I think is how it's, her name is pronounced. Uh, but what's interesting about them is they really look alike. I mean, they really do. You could pass Sophie as Melanie Linsky's daughter, and, and I don't think anybody would be really surprised that that was the case. I mean, they look a lot alike. Yeah. Uh, Taisa, who is played in the adult version by Tony Cypress, and her uh, teenage version is played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. Those characters, I mean, it's those are, if you ask me, are the characters that are the least similar from their adult version to their teen version. I just thought that they, because she is so. Maybe it's just a the way her character progressed. I mean, you kind of see it when, when I mean she is so cutthroat as an adult. I guess you kind of see it when you know she injures Allie, but, but yeah. But she's no. got she's got a she's so much more of a leader in the teenage version. Uh, I found her. I guess I found her more likable as a teenager than I did as an adult, and that's why I come across that way. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously, she still kept the leadership because she, yeah, she, she became a lawyer in politics, right? 
So, yeah, I, I thought they were still kind of similar. Yeah, like I said, I guess it's because I liked her teenage version. I didn't really like yeah, her adult yeah. version, so maybe that's yeah. why, why I'm going with that. Uh, Natalie, she is played by Juliette Lewis. Uh, we talked about her a second ago, uh, a part that I think was truly written for her yes, as an yes. adult. And Sophie Thatcher is kind of breaking out as a star here in the show mm-hmm. as a teenager. She really shined as a teen. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next is Misty. Misty is arguably the most interesting character, regardless of what time period they're doing this in. Uh, she is played as an adult by Christina Ricci, the wonderful Christina Ricci, and Samantha Hanratty as a teenager. And like I said, this is just an absolutely delicious character. I mean, yeah. she is chewing up scenery, especially as uh, the adult version of her. Uh, Christina Ricci is is just on point every time she's on screen. She really does. And I was looking at Christina Ricci's uh, IMDb, and she's been wasted mm-hmm. in like some, some horror movies and just right. TV shows I've never heard of. Right. So I was glad this came to her because she really, man, she got to show off. Yeah, she really did. She got to show off, and I'm glad that she got a chance to show off. Because, like I said, she's really, really good, but she has to be given a certain type of role. And if you don't give her that certain type of role, she's not going to really she's not going to be able to show off like she should be able to show off. Uh, next is Jackie. Now we only have a teenage version of her. Uh, her, she is played by Ella Purnell. Uh, probably, you know, because there is only a teenage version because she is one of the characters that the story centers on as a teenager. You had to get this role. Really? You really had to nail this role down. I think Ella Purnell did an excellent job in this role. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. Uh, she's, I think she's like 25. I think she might be the oldest of all the, uh, the girls who play teenagers. No, nah, they're all around that age. Oh, are they? Okay. I, thought, I wasn't sure if she was the oldest or not. Uh, next is Lottie. Uh, Lottie is interesting because we don't really find out much about her until about halfway through this season. Uh, but we realize pretty quickly once she starts to play a bigger role, she's going to play a huge role in this. Uh, she's played by Courtney Eaton. Uh, like I said, she's... You realize, uh, to begin with, uh, probably second or third episode, she's got that medicine, and you're running out. You don't really know what it is at the point, but you know that's probably going to play a role somehow or another. Yeah, you do. When, <laughs> when, when she was taking some medicine, and, it, and she didn't have a lot of pills, it was going to be bad. Yeah, it was It was always going to end poorly, and it, it does, at least for somebody out there. We don't know exactly who that is yet, but uh, it ends poorly for somebody. Uh, Van, the goalie, she is played by Liv Houston, and she had a rough go of it this, in this season. Yeah, she was lucky to be alive multiple times. Yes, she was. Uh, I mean, gosh, that, that whole uh, wolf scene where she gets attacked oh, by man. wolves, and then they, they think she's dead, so they try to light her on fire, and she's not dead. Uh, so. Well, she, she almost died in the plane crash. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, the, Jackie, you know, makes the decision that they can't save her, and she found. I would like to know how she got herself out of that, and it just created yeah, me too. That created such an odd tension between her and Jackie and Shauna. Uh, so, just an interesting situation there, to say the least. Uh, Travis, this is played by Kevin Alves. He does have an adult counterpart, but he doesn't have any lines because uh, he ends up hanging himself as an adult. But Travis was one of the uh, two boys that actually survived on this trip. And if we're not counting Coach Ben because he's an adult, uh, but actually teenage boys, he's uh, one of two. Him and his brother are on this. Uh, what do you think about Travis? He was an annoying character. Yes, he was. He was very annoying. There were times well, when he, he grew as a character, but he was annoying throughout a lot of it. Yeah, and I think we're going to find that the, the original coach was not a good person. 
And there, there's some there's some trauma with him for him to act the way he does. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. I mean, and I never got a really good vibe of what little we got of the coach. I never really yeah. got much of a good vibe from him. So it wouldn't surprise me to say the least if we end up finding something about him uh, when we get into this a little bit later on. So uh, next is Jeff, who was Shauna's husband and Jackie's boyfriend as a teenager, but. Shauna and Jeff were messing around on the side. Uh, he was played as an adult by Warren Cole. The teenage version we don't see a lot of. He's played by Jack DePew. The the, teen, the adult version is the one that matters the most here. Uh, what do we think of Jeff? So this is interesting. Uh, on the first watch, I really didn't like Jeff. Right. Well, then we find out right. that Jeff actually wasn't that bad. I watched this a second time. Jeff might be the most likable character of the show <laughs> if you actually know the plot. Yeah, I, 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 see, I didn't get a chance to go back. I watched a couple of episodes. I didn't get a chance yeah. to watch a lot of them on a second go through. Um, but Jeff, you know, he's just kind of clueless. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, he's. You think he, you think he's this awful, terrible dude. Yeah. And you just realize he's just actually just kind of clueless and just kind of not smart. <laughs> uh, he's also trying, he actually does love his wife and yeah, he's actually he trying, you find out he's actually been trying the whole time. And there, and even, even when you watch it again, you'll see like things that annoyed you about him right. that you're like, Oh, you see what he was trying to do. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> he's got some bad plans, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's trying, he, he's trying yeah. to figure out ways out of things. And, but he just kind of goes a, uh, a poor way of doing it. All right, Coach Ben, who was played by Steven Kruger, I think that's how he pronounced his last name, uh, he is the only adult in the past that survives this plane crash. Probably the most difficult role just because of the fact that he is that lone adult and he also has to do it without a leg, thanks to Misty. But, I mean, she did what was right, don't get me wrong. Oh, he, he was dead. Yeah, but just the, that whole, we'll talk about that in a second, but there's her, I mean, her going straight to, let's cut that leg off. I mean, it was just so true to, to Misty's character as we come to find out. But uh, uh, what do you think about Coach Ben? He, he was an interesting character because we find out that he's, uh, you know, a closeted yeah. gay man. And and he, he had a lot going on with him because he's losing his power. He's powerless at the end. Right, he is. I mean, and go ahead. I was going to say, he, he was trying Mm-hmm. Even though he's in a lot of pain, he has to figure out how he's going to live. Right. He, he has that issue going on, just trying to figure out how to live. But you're right. One thing that, you know, he, the girls are respecting him as the adult, as the coach at the beginning of this. But by the time that we're at the end of the season, they're not really listening to him at all. I mean, yeah. his opinion has no sway really with anybody with the exception of possibly Natalie. And that's yeah. about it. Uh, so it was interesting to see how that plays out. Adam, he is, um, he is Shauna's uh, boyfriend on the side. Uh, his was the mystery character. The one yeah. that, you know, you're wondering if he's, if he has a dark side or if he truly is just as innocent as they're trying to make him out to, to seem. Uh, what do you think about Adam? Like you said, just a complete mystery. I, I, you know, for a while I thought he was, he was, he was doing something. Right. And, and then at one point, cause I saw a theory that he was Javi as an adult. Right. I, I saw that too. And then, uh, I, when he, when he, does i thought he's going to end up being in the cult or something right but <laughs> come to find out he, the showrunners said he was just a uh, a red herring he, he's involved nowhere yeah i know and that's what was really surprising one of the things i do like you mentioned that what the showrunners they have 
gone about, you know, taking some of these theories that a lot of people had that were playing out week to week. I, you didn't obviously didn't see them either, and I didn't, uh, I didn't see them since we didn't see the show week to week. But there were apparently a lot of theories that were going on. This was running the risk of going kind of the direction that WandaVision went and that the theories were taking over that show. The The showrunners of this particular show were trying to reel people in because they didn't want something like that to happen where people yeah. where, the, where the theories were just so rampant and so wild that the show couldn't live up to what the, the theories and stuff were out there. So they were doing a really good job of, you know, no, that's not something that's really there. <laughs> you, you're yeah. reading too much into this. Uh, so I, I like the fact that they were doing that uh, because we don't have to worry, you know, if there was something more to Adam than there actually was because they they told us now there's not. Well, I think also they had to answer the Adam question because there was a wild theory about him yeah. that he was actually, <laughs> that he was actually Shauna's, the baby, the baby, right? And, and they were like, "Why would he come back and sleep with his mother?" <laughs> it just shows that you know when we get when people get into a show, they can they can really run away with it when yeah. when they really get into it. Uh, last person I put on here was Laura Lee. Uh, she was like the over uh, zealous uh, religious fanatic in the show. Uh, she was played by Jane Woodup. Her show, her character was interesting because she was kind of a moral compass for the girls. Uh, and then she ends up dying in this, the plane that explodes. I will be honest with you. I'm glad that you know, she wasn't able to escape and to go get help flying a plane. Cause you there is no way you're going to learn how to fly a plane just by reading the manual. So I'm kind of glad that didn't end up panning out just, but I hate the fact that she ended up having to die for it. But what yeah, I, but go ahead. I was going to say, well, the one thing I did think about the plane thing, why didn't they put the plane in water and try to float it down the water? That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Uh, that would have been a smart thing to do. I mean, just that whole the the approach to the plane was just kind of weird. If there's yeah. a, if there's a problem with the with the show, that's probably one of yeah. the few uh, because I, I just didn't understand what they were trying to accomplish with this plane. But one of the interesting things, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, is you know when the plane explodes, there's that fire that comes up through next to, on the seat next to her at the bear. You, you're wondering, all right, did the did the bear catch on fire? And it goes into this, is there supernatural stuff going on? Is there not supernatural stuff going on? And that's one of the things that I did read that the uh, showrunners are trying to, they they don't want to necessarily come, in this first season, they didn't want to come out and say, yes, there is supernatural stuff. No, there's not. They're kind of leaving it open for the possibility of either. And how they, I guess they're just waiting to see, you know, what they want to do in season two and how much they really want to get into that. Because that's that's always out there, but you really don't know. I mean, a bear comes and just bows down before yeah. Lottie. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, there has to be something else going on here. Yeah, but they also I, I read with the with the the showrunners too. They brought up unreliable narrator. Yes, again. they did. Yeah, and uh, then they mentioned that it's kind of up to viewer interpretation. Yeah, and that's it's frustrating when you're watching it because you don't yeah. know what's going on here. I mean, and they're doing a really good job of making you say, you don't know what's going on here. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how they, what they do in season two. Are they going to try to give a little bit more clarity to it? Or are they going to continue to do this kind of ambiguous nature to the show that they've done in the first one? And it, here's the thing. It, what they're doing absolutely works within the frame of, of the show they've made because everything that is happening in the past is informing the present version of the characters about their decision-making and what they're doing in, in the present. So 
there's a lot of cloudiness because the, they they all experienced a ton of trauma. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about is all that trauma is affecting them in the present. And I don't think they even they realize just how much trauma they went through and how much it's affecting them. And I think Shauna realizes that when she ends up killing Adam. Uh, yeah. she, that's just all of her trauma, her lack of trust, and even the fact that she apparently loves this, this Adam guy. She says she says as much, but even though she loves him, she still ends up killing him. I mean, so it's just a, such a difficult thing for her and all these girls because they went through so much. Uh, let's talk about the big ideas in this series. So here's one of them. Uh, and we get this at the beginning, especially with them showing these girls result, uh, resort to cannibalism at some point. Uh, you know, how much are we willing to do and how far are we willing to go to survive? Uh, I think that's one big thing. Yeah, I, I would definitely, definitely agree with that. Because you know, even they they've moved, they moved from the plane area, right? And then you know, uh, Taisa went on the on the trip to try to go south. So yeah, survival. What will we have to do? Definitely, definitely and, a big one. Yeah, and the, I kind of just mentioned this one. This the impact that trauma, especially this long term trauma, because apparently they were in the wilderness for 19 months. So I think that's what they said. Yeah, uh, can affect individuals for the rest of their lives because it is affecting them for the rest of their life. They'll never be able to shake this, no matter how much they try and how much they deny it. Uh, next one is how important a leadership structure is to all of us, regardless of our circumstances. Because when they when this plane crashes. They're looking for leaders, and the person who emerges initially as leader is Misty, and what, yeah. because of just some simple babysitting, you know, first aid training that she's had, it, you know, it makes her stand out among the rest. And you know, we crave that as individuals. We want to know who's 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 the leader, who's in charge, who can take care of us, who can take us to where we need to go. And I think that was so important, especially in that second episode. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it was good to see Misty get to shine some. Yeah, because you don't get that sense from her in in the first episode. You, you kind of she kind of comes across as just a clinger on, and yeah. she but she gets her time to shine. Uh, but we also get uh, you know she's the only one in the first episode that is revealed to be one of the cannibals. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you you realize pretty quick that there's more to her than than meets the eye. And that she and she destroys the black box in the second. Yes, and that's what I have to get to. Uh, so, uh, next one is the power dynamics can change depending on the situation that individuals are placed in. So, back at home in the, you know, when they're at home and they're on the soccer team, Jackie's the leader. She's, she's the alpha dog. She's, she's in charge when there's a fight about to break out at that party that they're at. Uh, yeah. You know, she pulls all the girls aside and she restores order. It's, she's in charge. But once the dynamics of their situation change, she doesn't have much to offer. She she's she she is not one of those that has good survival instincts. She's not really offering much in terms of being able to help the group out in terms of hunting, in terms of gathering food. She's lacking in those areas, and because of that, she's kind of a liability. And now all of a sudden, Misty, who was the clinger on, now she's at the, she's at the forefront. So you know those dynamics. Just watching those dynamics change is really really interesting. Yeah, it, it really was, and and Jackie, like you said, was the leader and pretty well liked except by Natalie. Right. But it looked like they had a long history of fighting, but you could like you, like you said, the dynamic dynamics definitely change and she becomes immediately hated. Yes. Pretty quickly. Like the mean girls coming out. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you know, you mentioned this a second ago, you know, the last one that really, that struck me was how addictive power 
can become when somebody who hasn't had it all of a sudden gets it now. And that's what Misty does. She, she all of a sudden realizes, oh man, these girls are looking up to me. They respect me. They, you know, I'm, they need me. And because of that, she, once she finds the black box that's sending out the signals for people to be able to find them, she destroys it. Uh, because she, she doesn't want to let that go. It's just so that power is so addictive, and it's so it, once you get a taste of it, you don't want to let it go. And she's willing to put everybody's life on the line so that she can just keep this little bit of power that she's accumulated in the short time that they've been out in the wilderness. And like I said, just, that's just so interesting to me. That's one of the most interesting parts of this is just how addictive that power can become. All right. So what what were some of your favorite moments of this first season? Um, especially on the second watch, I, I laughed. So when Christina Ritchie and Juliet Lewis m- meet back for the first time, yes, where Juliet Lewis is in her house <laughs> with a shotgun and, and just says some profanity. Welcome, welcome her back. You crazy. Right. <laughs> I laughed so hard. And the chemistry between any scenes with those two together was my, fa- their road trip was right. great. Mm-hmm. They were just they were just so good. Yeah, the, the two of them are really really good. I mean, it's really good to get those two who were just you know these '90s actresses that just became icons. Icons, yeah, exactly. In, in that time period, and to be able to see them just to be able to chew up scenery again and to do it together, uh, you know, people think of Juliet Lewis. They think of uh, is it American Born? What is that? Well, Natural Born uh, Killers. Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. That's I, can't, I always want to say American Born Psychos, uh, but Natural Born Killers is probably what she made her biggest name. But she was also in uh, one of the Lampoon, uh, the uh, National Lampoon. Christmas that, Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. I couldn't remember if it was Vacation or Christmas Vacation. But she and played, uh, Cape Fear. Uh, I never, see, I never saw Cape, for an Oscar. Yeah, I never saw Cape Fear. So I, I, I wasn't familiar with her in there. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, she, she has some iconic roles from from her youth. Obviously, Christina Ricci is uh, Wednesday from the Adams Family. That's probably what made her become a star. Uh, but she's had a lot of other stuff as well. But like I said, all of it took place for the most part in the nineties. It was great to see those two on on screen together, interacting with one another, and just they have such unique personalities and such unique ways about attacking their the roles they're given. And to watch it play out, they absolutely, like I said, they eat up the scenery that they're in. It was just absolutely fantastic. To watch what's some other stuff that you you really took away from the show? Uh, I loved. Uh, it was I think it was it was in the finale. Their entrance at the class reunion. Yes, they had uh, out uh, offspring keep them separated playing, and they showed all four of their right. faces in separate screens. Everyone was was looking at them. It was man, it was cool. Yeah, and it was really cool because all of a sudden Misty, who was you know the, the social pariah in high school, now all of a sudden she's joining those other three, and she's got all the attention on her. And the, uh, like I said, that was one of the one of the better scenes uh, in the entire show. The one thing, one little thing, I had an issue with that that scene. Allie is talking about their, it was their grad, it was their time, and she was a freshman. Why is she, why is she here? She was a freshman when this took place, so why, with why the, the worst, with the worst Jersey accent of all time. Oh gosh, yeah, it was awful. That was absolutely awful. Uh, so like I said, that kind of bugged me, the fact that they talked about her, you know, yeah. being a part of that, but she was, a, she was a freshman. She didn't graduate until three years later. So, uh, uh, but anyway, that's just a small thing. I, I get it, but nevertheless, it, it, it drove me crazy. when It, I was it drove me crazy. I'm, I'm gonna, I was going to bring it up later in the categories. Okay, well, good, because like I said, it was, it was, I was like, you're not part of their class. Stop saying you were. 
Uh, but yeah, so those were some of the better scenes. Uh, you know, Jeff and Shauna's, uh, their relationship was one of the more interesting to watch play out because they're obviously going through some stuff. I mean, you can tell that from the get go, they they're dealing with some things and we think Jeff is, we talked about this already a little bit, but we think Jeff is this bad guy. We think he's cheating on his wife. We think he's, you know, doing all these terrible things. And, you know, it's like we said, he's not a bad dude. He's just a misguided dude, to say the least. Made made some bad decisions. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to blackmail your wife and her friends. I mean, that's not what, what yeah. you want to do to try to get money. I mean, but, you know, he's, when you're desperate, you will make bad decisions sometimes. Yeah. Uh, what are some other? What, well, let me ask. Let's, I wanted to ask this earlier. Which storyline do you find more compelling? Because when you have two story competing storylines, a present and a uh, past, you're all you're going to be more drawn to one than you are the other. Which one are you more drawn to? Because of the actresses, it's hard for me not to be drawn to the, to twenty twenty one. Okay. See, I, I just I, I like their story, but just the. I still want to know more about what happened at that beginning. I do, I do too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So I'm like, gosh, like I said, watching, watching their, I just want to see more about how they're going to break down because I, I assume by the time we got to the end of this, uh, to the end of this season, we'd have a little bit better understanding of the power dynamics. And we kind of do, but not completely. Uh, they they haven't broken into tribes yet. They haven't. Yeah. that, But we know that's coming. At least yeah. it seems to be like it's coming. I don't think there's just one tribe and people are being outcast from it. Uh, I could be wrong. We'll see. But uh, like I said, that's just something that interests me. And one of the reasons it interests me so much is because of Lottie. What did you think about her development as we went through this season? It was It was just remarkable how she went from someone that was like very, you know, meek, mm-hmm. wasn't that involved was. And then like when that medicine wore off, boy, she took over. Yeah, she really does. She takes over. And I would be interesting to know, you know, what would her character be like? Had Laura Lee not passed away? Had she not died? Yeah. Because she seemed to be a little bit of a guiding force for this, you know, this unmedicated personality that was starting to emerge from Lottie. She seemed to be a little bit of a, of a, of a guiding light for her. But when, Laura Lee dies, that guiding light seems to be gone and it's now going to run amok. Uh, and she is the weird one. I mean, she's the one that, yeah. you know, we don't know if she's alive or if at the beginning, uh, throughout most of this, we don't know if she still, if she survives, but it, you know that she's controlling things, especially when we do the penultimate episode and she puts on that, that headdress that was similar to the one at the very beginning of the show that was seen to be the leader. So like I said, she's just really interesting. Well, she's been having premonitions that yeah. we mm-hmm. saw happen. Like, especially when I watched it the second time, like when Lottie, I mean, uh, when, um, Laura Lee baptizes her, she sees the fire. Right. And then when I watched it again, I was like three episodes later, Laura Lee dies. Right. Exactly. You don't realize what that, that glow behind Laura Lee is when she's getting yeah. baptized is you just, you think it might be something, maybe it's something supernatural. Yeah. You don't know. And then you realize once she passes, once she dies on the plane that she was seeing the fireball. So she's having these yeah. premonitions. It's one thing that they, they tell you kind of some backstory. You know, she's been having these premonitions. She was like three or four yeah. years old. Uh, she saved her parents from getting in the car wreck because she just started screaming out of nowhere. And then two seconds later, a car gets hit. Uh, so, you know, 
And just that whole bear scene, I, like I said, I mean, yeah. why does the bear come up to her and just kneel down for her? Like, I'm offering myself to you for food. I mean, like right. none of this stuff makes sense. So I, I want to know, are we ever going to have this stuff make sense? Because right now it just, it just doesn't. But it works because this whole show is supposed to be unsettling. It's supposed to be uneasy. And they're doing a really good job of that. Yeah, they are. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? What are some other things you want yeah, to discuss? I think it was interesting to watch Taisa, mm-hmm. where we, so the adult one, we, we think that she has this son that is most likely right. having a lot of mental issues. He's seeing things. And then come to find out, he's just seeing his mother he's just out in the trees mom. eating dirt. Yeah, that, that whole thing just, it really threw me for a loop because, when, who was it that ran outside the cabin and saw Taisa eating dirt? It was, was it? Lottie. Okay, it was Lottie. Okay, yeah. So Lottie runs out, and you see her eating dirt, and you're like, what in the world is going on? And you realize that's her mother is doing that as an adult. And it took, it putting all this stuff together, you're like, what is going, why is she eating dirt? What What is going on here? Because uh, you, you just don't know. None of, this, none of that makes sense. I mean, and one of the great things I like is they have made it very clear that there are four people to keep an eye on in the present, you got Misty, Natalie, uh, Taisa, and who am I forget? Shauna. Shauna. Those are the four main ones in the in the present. But you also have to add Jackie in to the the past version, and those are the characters that you're focusing the most on. And you know they set up this whole story. You know they set up. We don't know who it was that was killed in the beginning. Yeah. They kind of want you. I think they push you towards they want you to think that it's Jackie because you don't see an adult version of her. You don't see an adult version of her at all at any point. And at some point they eventually do tell us that she's dead because Jeff and Shauna go and have brunch apparently with uh, her parents every year. And I like that. Let's talk about that brunch real quick because there, her parents talking about how great of a person Jackie was and how disappointing it must be that Jeff didn't get a chance to marry Jackie. You know, they're kind of, taking digs at Shauna. I don't think they're meaning to, but they're still doing it. And, you know, Jeff has to kind of step up for him. I'm sure you probably saw a lot of that in the second rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely really steps up for her and, 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 and salts them. Yeah. He, he, and he Jackie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't think they were trying to be mean spirited, but you know, it's their daughter. They lost their daughter. Yeah. So I can see why they were, you know, grieving for her, but you you don't need to run down the person that is sitting right there next to you. Right. <laughs> it was your your daughter's best friend, at least for up close to the, uh, that when, until she died. So, like I said, how horrible would that would that meal be every year? Oh gosh, it would have to be absolutely awful. Because I mean, she knows what happened. I mean, the yeah. last thing that the last thing that interaction that the two had was this big huge fight that ended up leading to you know her death. And you know they they show this with that little like. Uh, apparition that she sees of Jackie in her room, you know, she says, Jackie says, Oh, you know, it's not your fault. And Sean says, yeah, I know it's not my fault. And she's, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. so, you know, Elle Purnell, she's probably the underrated person in this, in this story yeah. because she doesn't get the adult version. Uh, so we don't really see that much of, we don't really know how her story would have played out, but, but she has to go from this leader to this hated person. It's a really difficult role for her to play. And I enjoy watching her play it. Yeah, she she was really good. And did you notice something else about that journal? Uh, possibly. I noticed a lot of things about the journal. What, what, what were you thinking? So when she was visiting, uh, there were movies yes. from the mm-hmm. future. So come to find out, and the showrunners mentioned this, that Shauna has been coming 
every year since she died and, right. and, and would go up there and write in the journal. Yeah, because that was one thing that left a lot of people wondering. Is why, yeah. are, why are they mentioning movies like Titanic, I think was the big one, because uh, it uh, came out in 98 and she obviously died in 96. Yeah, there was, there was one from 2000, I'm trying to remember. But yeah, there were some, some movies that were, you know, wouldn't have been during that period. Right, so that was one of the big things like, oh, maybe she's actually alive, but no, no she's, yeah. she, she's not alive. She, she died. Uh, and just an interesting way, let's talk about her death a little bit. Uh, excuse me. So she ends up on the, on the season finale. She ends up outside. She's trying to start that fire. Even though she has a lighter, she can't start a fire. This is just going to show that how, how incompetent she is in these types of situations. She has a lighter. She still can't start a fire, but I, I just find myself wondering if I were in that situation where she obviously got a fire going at some point because the, the fire is there. If it starts to snow and it puts out your fire, would you stay asleep? Do you think? No, no. Yeah, that that whole that scene is is hard to understand. Also, how does Coach Ben just sit there? I know. I guess it, uh, at this point, I think he seems to have resigned himself to the fact that these girls aren't listening to him. But still, I how know. do you not go out there and check on her? Yeah, I know. I can't imagine that would be the case. I mean, if I were in that situation, I can't imagine I would say, no, you're not sleeping outside. It's, it's getting cold. You, you, you can't do that. I mean, I, there's not to like, mention, you know, there's bears out there. Yeah, exactly. You just saw a bear. I mean, what yeah. came up, like I said, there's a lot about that. That just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I, I've been struggling with that. I'm like, would it just be so subtle? Like build up over time that you wouldn't yeah. wake up. I, said, I just can't, but as soon as I get just the slightest bit cold, if my wife steals our, our covers, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm awake. So yeah. I can't imagine if snow were falling on me that, right, it, that, right. that I wouldn't wake up. But nevertheless, I don't know. So there's a lot of things about that, that just don't make sense, but she ends up, uh, dying in the season finale. I'll be interested to see. They they're going to have to pull her character in somehow, though. I think. Yeah, she's she's gonna she's gonna have a a big like uh, coming in parts and haunting Shauna. Yeah. Uh, on both sides. Yeah, I, I can see that happening a lot because I don't think you have that character and then just do away with her. I, I just don't. Maybe yeah. like I said, maybe I'm wrong about that, but they'll have yeah. they've got to have something for her to do in uh, the rest of the this show they said they said they're going to do five seasons i you and i have talked about this as before that seems like a lot <laughs> that yeah. seems like a whole lot. i'm kind of thinking three sounds like about the max to me but that, I, I, I think you're right uh, i got another storyline we've got to discuss what's that we got to talk about misty and uh kidnapping yes the, uh, thank you the uh, reporter or the so-called reporter i don't think she actually is she a reporter i never really no nah, she was like a like a fixer okay that's right she was a fixer so uh what was the girl's name i, I, I had a jessica. Lot of, jessica okay so uh basically at the beginning with this woman jessica is presenting herself as a reporter she's going to all the survivors of the plane crash and trying to get them to reveal their story it turns out it's taisa who is hired this woman to try to see if anyone is going to talk because she's seeking public office. And apparently, if I remember correctly, you'll have to uh, correct me if I'm wrong. One of the things they all agreed to when they got rescued was they were going to keep a low profile. Yes. And Tysa is not keeping a low profile by running for state Senate. Uh, so, but she's wondering if anybody's going to break the pact and like tell their story or anything like that, because if it is, it's a, she, they're a threat to Tysa and her uh, election campaign. Uh, but, so Misty ends up kidnapping her, uh, and ends up killing her. The interest it was just an interesting way that she ends up killing her because 
She what what did she lace her cigarettes with? Uh, what is that stuff called? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know they she says at the beginning when uh, when they're talking about fentanyl, she says you know if you overdose on it, people just if if you have too much, people just assume it's an overdose. So if because uh, that's right, she was going to send chocolates laced with fentanyl to the <laughs> right to her to Jessica's dad in a in a nursing home, so they would have just assumed that she uh, he was just overdosed and he was druggy. Uh, so, but she ends up doing that to to Jessica, and she ends up wrecking her car. And what's great about it is, you know, she's not even she, she doesn't even Misty doesn't even think, you know, I'm in trouble here. She's like, right, I'm good. She can wreck. That's fine. I'll just think she overdosed. So I've got two questions about Misty. Uh huh. One, that can't be the first person that's been tied up in that basement. Oh no, not at all. She's she's done that before. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then number two. Misty, is she involved in the cult? You know, that's one of the things that I've seen a lot of people talk about. Is she one of the ones involved in the cult? I don't think so. I I, I don't think she is. Maybe she is, uh, but I don't. But what makes you think she might be is because she's one of her and Van were the two that were behind Lottie when Lottie puts the bear heart on that yeah. altar-looking thing. So it makes me believe that maybe she is, but I don't know. I I would think if she was, bad things would have happened to the other three by now. That That's true, but, man, Misty has so many skills. She does, and like I said, I mean, I don't I don't know that we'll ever know what to think of, truly think about Misty until this uh, show yeah. completely wraps up whenever they, they finish it. So, yeah. like I said, I, I don't know. I think she could be, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, but the cult is, let's talk about the cult, because you see this symbol. Uh, is the symbol that they keep showing, Was do you think that was something that Lottie was putting there, or was it already there and she just kind of co-opted it? See, I'm not sure. Uh, it looks like it was already there. But, right. Uh, you know, is there another group out in this wilderness? Right. You know, I I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I've been having a hard time figuring that out. I'm like, I don't know if it's just something that she has just, because it was so prevalent when they were out in the wilderness and she decided to kind of make that her symbol or if it was something that was, that she came up with in her, in her, you know, her, her mental state that she was in and it's something that she came up with. I don't know. Do we think we're going to see any more of the hunter? The guy, because the guy who was the cabin they found, and we discover, you know, one of the uh, articles I read, there was like this uh, theory episode, there was this theory article that they kept updating throughout the course of the entire show, and they kept asking about this this guy they that you see in the opening video, and they don't reveal who it is till the end. It's the hunter that they're in the cabin for. Jackie sees him in this dream, and that's when we realize who that is. Do you think we'll see anything from him in the future? Yes, I think we will. Yeah, I kind of think we will, too. I'll be interested to see how that plays out. If we'll get more of his backstory and how he ends up there. It's kind of convenient that they ended up in this cabin that has all this ammunition yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> for Natalie and uh, uh, Travis to, to use and hunt down food. So that was nice and convenient for him. But Yeah, I've got a couple of more things okay. we need to talk about. Thais's altar. How crazy yes. was that? Oh gosh, that that was so freaky. Ah, uh, rest I, in peace, Bingo. Yeah, poor Bingo. Poor, poor, 
poor fella. But yeah, that was, I mean, I will say this. If I'm, if I am, you know, in the situation that her wife was in, you know, and I see blood that's going to this opening that you didn't realize was there, I'm probably not climbing into it. I would agree with you. <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, to each their own. But yeah, that was really, really spooky. I mean, the, the, the dog head was really, it was a really bad prop. I'll say that. It was, it was an awful prop, but just that whole, that altar, that was just really, really, really creepy. I mean. And, and then you see Taisa winning and she has just smirk on her face. Yes. I mean, cause that's what it cuts to. And you're like, all right, she's going to do, what is she going to do? Because she's obviously not stable and you, you don't really realize that. And she's not willing to admit to folks that she's not stable because she's power hungry and she wants to get as much power as she possibly can. Uh, but yeah, that, that one creeped me out. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it, it really creeped me out. Uh, you got anything else? And, and one more thing is Natalie in both scenarios, actually the most sane. You can make that case. I mean, you really could. I mean, uh, I definitely think as a teen, I, I would say yes. Uh, yeah. She seems to be more grounded than anybody else, even though I think they want you to think that she's not to go into it uh, because, you know, she got the right. grunge and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's been in and out of rehab as an adult. But she seems to have the best, you know, the best mind and the best head on her shoulders. But even though she has fits of rage, I mean, she, when she can't get her, her candy at the hotel, she just like starts, she breaks the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like she doesn't take everything. She takes the one thing that she wanted. So she's just an interesting character to say the yeah. least. And, and Juliette Lewis and, and Sophie Thatcher are doing a, a fantastic yeah. job as them. And you mentioned this cause I'd, I'd asked this, you know, did these, characters that these actresses did they spend any time together to learn it from each other and they did apparently you said yeah. you heard that yeah and then the last thing where's javi yeah that's the one thing that everybody's asking where's javi because when uh, i guess it was episode nine shauna tells him to run after they're all uh you know on psychedelic mushrooms thanks to misty uh but they're all in these psychedelic mushrooms and they're getting ready to kill travis uh and shauna sees him and she tells him to run and we don't ever see him again uh so you know there's that storyline. You know, I'll be interested to see in the second season how many of these other girls that we don't have adult versions for. Because well, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's yeah. Mari. Who, Mari is, the, if we talk about theories, Mari is the one that most people kind of think might be the girl who dies at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, she's got dark hair, kind of long. You can see her possibly getting even longer. Uh, so we got that storyline. We got the storyline of Javi. We don't know where he is. Uh, we got all these other girls that do they have adult counterparts? Do they not? Cause we don't know about van yeah. van yeah. is still alive and, at the end of the first season, but we don't see an adult version. And there's a couple of girls that are referred to as yellow jacket one and two. They're just right. in the background. They were, you don't see them. You saw them in the first episode and you saw them at the part at the, um, at the, the dance uh, thing, the dance thing. Yeah. You saw them in the background. Will will it be like lost? Will they become bigger characters the next season? Right. Somebody, I've read something that somebody said, you know, Javi, they probably just sent Javi away because he's got, he's starting to grow. So they got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be one the thing. Lost, with his. The Walt, the Walt from lost uh, issues. Yeah, he had those same. They had those same issues yeah. with him. Uh, but yeah, so I'll be interested to see that. There's also the girl who took Allie's place. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we don't know if she has an adult version or not. We haven't yeah. seen her if, if she does. Uh, so there's all these characters that can continue to bring it in, continue to develop for additional seasons. Uh, so I'll be interested to see, you know, are any of them part of the cult? The van is the one that interests me the most in terms of yeah. if she has a, if she has an adult counterpart. Because if she does, I kind of think she's probably in the cult. I mean, she seems, yeah. she bought into the supernatural, you know, Lottie is a prophet type thing. She seemed to buy into that probably more so than anybody else. And it's going to be so fun to see who they cast. Yeah, no, I know. I can't really see that. I, somebody said that uh, a good casting for Lottie as an adult would be like Sarah Michelle Gellar. I yeah, but she's not dark-headed. No, they could, they could fix that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could, they could fix that. So, uh, But yeah, but Van as an adult, I'd be interested to see. Because I kind of think yeah. that she's alive. I, I, yeah, I really yeah. do. I wouldn't have expected that after, uh, about the, after she got attacked by the wolves. But yeah, yeah she, she, I, I kind of think she's alive. Anything else you want to discuss before we get to awards? I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, so let's do some of the season awards. So for these awards, what we're going to do is we're going to give one to the past versions of the show and the present versions of the show. So let's start with our Rachel, who is the person who shined the most, the person who stood out to you as like the best of the best in, in the cast. Your Rachel. Who is your Rachel, both adult, uh, both present and past? So the present, uh, Melanie Linsky as Shauna. Yes, you know, Melly Linsky's been around a long time. She right. came from the 90s as well. Yeah, she did. But she just hasn't had that breakout role. Probably, unfortunately, best known for being the crazy neighbor on Two and a Half Men. Oh, that's right. She was, wasn't she? I forgot she yeah. was in that. But uh, she is so good in this. Yeah, she really is. I mean, she the, absolutely nails sarcasm, that role. sarcasm, just, you know, um, just everything about her. She's just, just really good. Yeah, she was. She was. She absolutely shined of the adults, and the fact that she shined more than Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis, yeah. you know, says something a lot. But yeah, she is doing a great job as the adult version of her. Of her, absolutely loved uh, watching her develop. I mean, what's great about the way that she is portraying this is like she seems to have been like dead into like you know, you know, everybody has a filter. You know, they don't just say whatever comes out of their mouth. She seems to have lost that from her time in right. in the wilderness because, like, like when she's at that brunch, she says, "You know, I, I don't like my daughter." <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean like Stephen says, "Even repeats it." No, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't like her. I mean, that's, like I said, she, she seems to have lost it because there's a couple of, of moments through throughout the show where she does stuff like that, and it's it, like I said, she just pulls off that really, really well. So, what about your in the past? What's the past version uh, of your Rachel? Sophie Thatcher is Natalie? Yeah, I went with her too. Uh, you know, you mentioned this. Th- this is going to be the person a few years from now that's in a lot of movies. That's yeah. I think her and Ella Purnell, Ella Purnell are, are are heading that way. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Sophie Thatcher's already been. In, she was in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, she didn't have a whole lot to do in Book of Boba Fett, yeah. but uh, she was in that. I, I think we'll see her in a lot of stuff. And I think you're right about Ella Purnell as well. I think we'll see her in a lot as well. All right, you're Joey, a, per- a character you just really like. wasn't necessarily the star, but a character you just really like nonetheless. So who are, let's start with the adult version of the Joey, or the present I, version. I went with Juliette Lewis. I, I love her. I love crazy role Juliette Lewis. This, this, is, this is where she stands out as an adult. Right. When she, you know, because she can play crazy better than anyone. Yeah, she really can. I went with Christina Ricci as, as Misty. I just loved I, I mean, she's weird and she's kind of crazy, but I, I, I don't know. I just love, love Christina Ricci. In, in this type of a role, she is yeah. so good, and she's absolutely nailing it in this one. That's why I went with Christina Ricci as the adult version. What about your uh, 
past version? Who did I you had know? a similar thinking to you. I went with uh, Samantha Hanratty. Okay. As uh, Misty, as the young Misty, I, I thought she just she was another one that just really took over and and, and you know when you're playing the same role as Christina Ritchie, who's right. like just do it incredible work and and you don't really look bad. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing incredible work yourself. Yeah. I went with Van played by Olive Houston. Uh, I, I just liked her role. I, I, mean, yeah. I don't know what it is about her, uh, but I just like the fact that there's something about her personality and the way yeah. that she's portraying that character that I'm just drawn to. Uh, maybe it's just that toughness as the goalie. Yeah. I like her a lot. Uh, the Chandler, the one who makes you laugh. Uh, this one, this show does have quite a few laughs. I mean, it's a serious drama, but there are some very humorous moments in it. So, who is your Chandler? I went with Christina Ritchie as Misty here. Okay, I went, this is where I went with Juliette Lewis. So we had them, yeah. we had them swapped, and they're kind of interchangeable. To yeah, be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I went with Juliette Lewis as Natalie. What about the past version? Uh, I went with your your Joey. I went with Lev Houston. I I think she she is really good too. She was actually in uh, that show Santa Clara Dot. Yeah, I, I heard that. I haven't seen it. It's, but I've heard it's, it. it's it's fun with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. She was their daughter, and uh, she was kind of like similar personality. She just kind of she's got that Sam Richardson vibe. You 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 just gotta like her. Yeah, you do. And this is, I actually went with Misty uh, Samantha Hammerady uh, in the past version, so we had them swapped on this one as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just I mean, <laughs> I mean there is. <laughs> Just seeing when she chops off Coach Ben's leg, just it's it's not a funny moment, but the way she goes about it, I mean, just like I'm grabbing the axe wow. and I'm cutting off your your leg. I mean, yeah. that is just it was just something to behold. And like when everybody's saying, you know, we don't need to tell Coach Ben because he's still in shock when he awakens and he doesn't realize he has had his leg taken off. And they're all kind of saying, no, we don't need to tell him. She just once she gets him alone, she's like, you lost your leg. You were going to die. I cut it off. <laughs> you know, like uh, just the bluntness with which yeah. she said it. Uh, so that, that's why I went with her. All right, your Phoebe, the person who is a little bit off. You don't quite understand who is your Phoebe for the present day. I went with Jeff because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. He had the most interesting character, and then, like I said, when you watch it again, you actually realize he's the most likable character, maybe <laughs> on the show. Uh, I actually went with Adam, just because of the mystery that kind of surrounds yeah. him. Uh, so that's the reason I went with him. Uh, it's interesting the, when they in, when Sean ends up killing him, and the other uh, Taisa and Natalie are like trying to figure out how to help. The, you know, Natalie's like, all right, I'll call somebody. She calls Misty, and Misty's like, all right, let's cut off his head, let's cut off his legs, let's cut off his arms. Because uh, once they find the torso, it's not that big a deal. But he has this really huge tattoo on his back, and like I that know. might be a uh, that might be something that he could identify him with. So, uh, but yeah, I went with Adam just because, like I said, there's just that mystery about him, and you don't really know why he seems to be so drawn to to Shauna. You don't really understand, you know, what's going on there. If there's something else. Uh, playing in this, but that's the reason I went with him. Uh, what about in the past version? Who did you go with? I, I went with Lottie Courtney. Yeah, I did too. I mean, she kind of has to be the, the, yeah, the She Phoebe. really does. All right, the Monica, the person who has a key role to play, even if you like him, you may like him, you may not. They just have a really key role to play. Who did you go with in the present version? I went with Tawny Cypress. Okay. And let me, let's give her some props here yeah. because she's not nearly established as the other three right and holds her own yeah she does she and does that a, is that that's something 
you know, she does a really good job of playing this, this, you know, this character who is like craves power uh, and she craves, you know, being a leader and having this influence. Uh, she really, really wants that. She does a really good job of, uh, of doing that, but obviously having some serious flaws in her, in her character that probably doesn't, she doesn't need to have that type of influence to say the least, but yeah, uh, she was good. I actually went with uh, Jeff in this role uh, played by Warren Cole, just because it's him that is, He's the one who ends up blackmailing the girls. He's the one who is kind of unintentionally driving Shauna to Adam uh, because of the fact that she thinks he's having an affair because he's not being open and honest with with Shauna. And you realize at the end, you know, he, he's actually a good guy. He's just doing a really poor job of, of supporting in the way that he should be. So uh, I, I went with Jeff there. What about the past version of the story? Who did you go with for your Monica? I went with the younger tights, the Jasmine Savoy Brown. Okay. I, I thought another one, uh, the taking out the leg was a very Monica move. <laughs> yes, it was. It was, it was a very Monica move. Uh, I went with uh, Jackie played by Ella Purnell uh, just because she has this role. To, she has to go from being the leader of the girls to being this hated version of the girls and just having to deal with that. And also having to deal with, you know, your best friend is carrying the baby of your boyfriend. I mean, she's got a lot going on in this. A lot going on. And that's the reason I ended up going with uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie played by El Pernell here. All right, you're Ross, your least favorite. Whether it's because they do a good job of just making you hate them because that's what they're supposed to do or just because you don't like the character, who is your Ross? And I didn't even look up the actress's name, and I apologize to her. Allie. <laughs> I did. Reunion. That uh, is uh, Pearl Amanda Dixon. That, like you said, she wasn't even in their class. Why is she at the reunion? And why did they? I know they're in New Jersey, but no one else has that accent. No, nobody why? does. It was so annoying, and I have this feeling she's going to be a bigger part in season two. Yeah, I could, I could see that being the case. I, I went with Callie, played by Sarah Desjardins, the daughter of Shauna and Jeff. She is awful. I mean, I she can is. see why Shauna hates her own daughter because she is awful. She I really mean, is. I just like, oh my goodness. I mean, I think they want you to hate her. So, I mean, yeah. she's doing what she's supposed to, but yeah, she's just lousy. I mean, I, like I said, I can understand why Shauna's not just a big fan of her own daughter. Uh, what about the past version? Who'd you go with? Uh, I went with Elle Purnell okay. as Jackie here. I thought, you know, she, she kind of became the villain and, and kind of accepted it almost yeah. and, mm -hmm. and, and went with it. Yeah. She, she really does. She goes, she goes with it. I mean, at some point she, you know, I guess they're right about the time, right when she finds out that Shauna was, uh, sleeping with her boyfriend, that's when, you know, she decides, you know, she, she just, she knows that Shauna's feeling guilty about it. She knows that Shauna is pregnant with, with Jeff's uh, baby at that point. And you know, that's going to be one of those interesting questions that we're going to ask. Actually, I may, when we get done with this, I do want to uh, go over some of that. But yeah, so I can see why you go with her. I, this is where I went with Allie. I, I, I didn't, there wasn't a whole lot there I didn't like. And this is, I told you this before we recorded. I had a hard time coming up with 
my awards for this because a lot of them had qualities that made me love their characters, but a lot of them had qualities that made me hate their characters. Yeah. Uh, and so I was having a hard time juggling on that. But Allie, as the teenager, was the one who just would rather, you know, go to prom or whatever it was that she was wanting to do mm-hmm. as a freshman. That was what she was so concerned with. Uh, and she, she just, she's very unlikable in that one little bit that we see of her. She's very unlikable. Uh, yeah. So that, that's why I went with her. Like I, said, I just had a hard time with figuring out, you know, who, where to place everybody in this one. Uh, before we get to uh, let's go ahead and do our ratings first. All right, so where are you rating this? A Game of Thrones is the top of the line for us. It's the best of the best. Just below a Game of Thrones is a Lost. The middle of the road is a Friends. Uh, right below Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel are only if you're desperate category is a Baywatch. Where is this for you? Uh, is Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's- I, I enjoyed it just as much the second time. It would be it would be very poetic if it were a lost, but you know it's a, it's yeah. a, it's it's a Game of Thrones. It's it's really incredibly good. Like I said, I watched this sucker in about a week. I think you did even less than yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I did. But yeah, it's really it's a really compelling story. And then when season two comes out, I'm going to be stuck having to watch it week to week, and that's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like I watched it as much as I wanted to when the first time came out. Uh, but before we get on to our things that we're looking forward to. What are the questions that we still have to answer? There's, there's, there's a lot of questions out there. So uh, obviously the first one is, you know, who was that girl that was yeah. killed and eaten? Uh, so that's one. What's some other ones? Where's Javi? Where's Javi? Yeah, that, that's another one that, the, that they've got to answer. How, we, how do they get off? Yeah, who, who finds them? How, how are yeah. they rescued? Uh, you know, I'm curious because, you know, did you read Lord of the Rings? No. Okay, so I read Lord of the I've Rings. I've seen the. I've seen it. Okay, you seen. I don't. I never saw the movie. I read the book, but I never saw no. the movie. So in the book, I don't know if it's the same in the, in the movie, but like they're saved by this like naval off uh, fleet or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it is, but like he's like chastising them. Look what you've done. Look at these people. These boys you've killed. Uh, did they do that in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see. You know. Like when they are rescued, is there any evidence that somebody that they were eating at least one person? Did they eat multiple people? You know, that's another question. Was this the only person that they did that to, or are there more? Uh, so that's another question I have. You know, uh, what's some other questions that we that we have? Because there's a lot. How long until the coach dies? Yeah, because you know he's got he has to die. I, uh, you know, we talk about having an adult version of some of these other girls. I can't imagine that he survives this. I, uh, it just seems. Yeah. Unlikely. Uh, one, what happens to Shauna's baby? Does, yeah, yeah, does, yeah. She, does she deliver? Uh, and if she does deliver, what, what happens to the baby? Because, I mean, she's not getting the the prenatal care that, that she yeah. needs. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how that happens. Uh, anything else? I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. I'm sure there will be more. Uh, yeah. I'll be really interested to see who plays Lottie as an adult. I, Me I, too. I can't wait to see that. I, I hope they don't announce it. I'm hoping like in like the first episode of season two, uh, like at the very end, it's finally revealed to us. I don't want them to announce right, that. That would be cool. It, it really would be. But I, I have a feeling we will we'll find out before the season yeah. starts. And I'll be somebody. Somebody's going to break it out. It's on so their agent can break the news. Oh yeah, I, I can't imagine that. I, I imagine that would be the case. So yeah. All right, uh, this is the midweek episode, so we're going to not give recommendations, but things that we're looking forward to as they come out. So what's some things that you're looking forward to? So I've got two things. The first one is The Dropout Okay, uh, on Hulu. Go ahead and talk about it. I want, I want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's about, and I'm trying to remember, Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The uh, 
Uh, it it looks really good. It's starring Amanda Seyfried. It's really getting good reviews. Yeah. Did you ever have you ever? Do you know anything about Elizabeth Holmes? I know a little bit about her. Basically, the she's Theranos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She. Uh, that's the that's the the type of storyline that's like really uh, driving like a lot of shows nowadays. Or like these yeah. these con artists who uh, make millions and millions of dollars based off of just conning people for the most part. Uh, well, but go ahead. I was going to say, I listened to a podcast about that when it came out, and I was like, oh, this one's going to be a show quickly. Yeah, and I actually started watching it, and I planned... Oh, okay. This, uh, I was going to... It was one of those things, I started watching it Monday night, and I t- like I said in our last episode, I, I didn't have the, the mental energy for it. I was like, it, it, it started off good. It was interesting. I was like, I, I can't watch this right now. I, I've got to, I've got to be in a better frame of mind to watch this. And so I think it's going to be really good. What I saw in like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the first episode, it was good. Like I said, you have to be in a good mental state for that. And I, like I said, I, I was just exhausted. I needed something I didn't have to think on. So that's why I ended up turning it off. It's like, you got to really yeah. follow along with that. But I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm really yeah. looking forward to watching that. What's some other things? And my, my next thing said, the last few months, I have been telling my wife, I'm like, how has Josh Boland not made his way to streaming? Because he is just waiting to be the lead in a show. Right. In any type of show. And he is. Oh, is he? He is in a Yellowstone ripoff on Amazon called Outer Range. Oh, okay. That's coming out in April. And I'm sure it's going to be really good because it's it's a cowboy show in Wyoming. Families are fighting. And oh, okay. he's, the, he's the lead. And he, he's just a really good actor. And, and it's yeah. gotten so much better as he's gotten older. And like I said... He was just a perfect person for streaming, so I'm glad right. to see somebody. So it comes out in April, out of range on Amazon. Okay, uh, I've got, I have two down. We'll go ahead and mention a third one. I saw the trailer for Obi Wan. I don't know if you saw it today. Oh yeah, it, 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 it released. A, it's, it looks good. Oh, it looks. Yeah, good. Yes, it does. Uh, but that, like I said, that one I come, I'm kind of throwing in. Uh, the first one I actually had down uh, is the Last Days of Ptolemy Gray on Apple TV Plus. It well, it will actually be out by the time you're listening to this, uh, but. It, it looks really good. It's got Samuel L. Jackson uh, playing this uh, an older gentleman. I'm not, I'm not sure what disease he has, but he doesn't have access to a lot of his memories, and he undergoes this procedure that will give him access to his memories again, uh, and just him you know, dealing with that. So it looks good. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, what that is like, so that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, the other is, it's not necessarily I'm looking forward to. I want to see if Pixar can continue to prove me wrong, because... Turning Red comes out on Friday the 11th. It will already be out by the time that you're at. It doesn't look like a type of show that I would, a movie that I would want to see. But Pixar has put out a lot of movies that I really didn't look like I'd want to see. And they've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah. The reviews for it are through the roof right now. It's like sitting at like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So while it doesn't look like something that, that looks, I mean, it's, it's this girl who turns into a, a, a giant red panda. Uh, so um, like I said, it, it looks weird. It looks kind of strange and it doesn't look like something I would enjoy, but you know, I didn't think I'd enjoy up and I loved up. I didn't think I would enjoy uh, inside out. I loved inside out. Uh, so I, I'll end up watching it just to see if they can continue to prove me wrong because they have yeah. a really good track record of it. I was going to say they don't miss. But they, it's rare. It is rare that they miss. Honestly, when they miss the most, if they do, it's typically like when they're doing something like that, they're trying to like really merchandise like Disney saying, we need some merchandise. So give us something like they did this uh planes 
uh, movie way back when. Uh, it was awful. Uh, my son loved it when he was a kid. It was, he was like four or five when it came out, and he absolutely loved it, but it, it was not good. It was a takeoff of Cars. Uh, but, yeah, they don't miss very often. And like I said, if they do miss, it's because Disney's wanting some, some merchandise from them. Uh, that's about the only time I've ever noticed them to miss. So, But, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that turns out. If you ever want to read a, I, I read two fascinating books, and one of them about is about the creation of Pixar. It's Steve, uh, excuse me, John Lasseter, mm-hmm. and he is a bog, uh, autobiography, and it's about how he he starts his own thing, and right. then he combines with Steve Jobs, and then with Disney, right? And it it is really really a fascinating read. And then Robert Iger, the guy that mm-hmm. was was the Disney. Uh, president for a long time who ended up buying right pixar Pixar, marvel and star wars he has a really really fascinating autobiography too and they are quick reads but even with with your with being a fan of this kind of stuff you will really enjoy them yeah i'll have to go check that out because uh john laster i think he's directed a lot of the 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 pixar movies uh, if i'm not mistaken i know i think he's i have to go back and look i don't want to sit there and start saying things he's directed he hasn't but yeah he he's played such a a pivotal role and what was the name of that do you remember uh, I'll have to find okay, it. Okay, well, if you, if you found it, is it text? Yeah. I, I, I would like to see that. So, uh, All right, I guess anything else that you want to look forward to or anything you want to mention? Just want to thank everybody for joining us again, and we look forward to doing this with you next time. Yes, we do. We will Next time when we meet, we will be discussing two uh, – uh, Ryan Reynolds. That's who. That's yes. what we're going to be discussing. Ryan Reynolds. So we will be doing the Adam Project. It's a new movie coming out on Netflix. Actually, it is already out by the time you're listening to this. It came out on uh, March 11th. It's the uh, we are actually recording this the Wednesday before it came out. But uh, you should already have have access to it. So make sure you watch it before we record on Sunday. Uh, so like I said, that is going to be the first one that we uh, that we review. And in our midweek episode for next week, we will be doing Free Guy, a movie that both Ryan and I have seen and we both enjoyed very much. So we'll be discussing yes. it. I'm really looking forward to that project. It looks like it's going to be really good. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.